Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Two Thumbs Up Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Today, we've got a very special guest, the guy who has been dominating the mobile scene for a while now and has definitely become one of the big names in the mobile gaming community for a bunch of different reasons. His name is Winsanity, and of course, my co-host Ducky is here with us as well. I believe this is episode number five of the Two Thumbs Up Podcast. So thank you guys for joining us once again. And uh, thank you, too, for hopping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Bobby and Ducky. I'm glad to be here, and I'm uh, pretty excited to see what we get into. I know that you, too, I've known a lot about you throughout the community, and we've interacted a little bit, but now that we've got new games coming out and stuff, it's been fun to, for me to break out of the PUBG mobile scene and start to hang out with you know guys from COD Mobile, Fortnite Mobile, and you know a bunch of different titles. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to get to know you, too. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I... Fortnite Mobile was stuck in this like super small niche of it wasn't really a mobile game, and so I was acquainted with like COD mobile people and that was kind of it. Like I never played with like PUBG people or any other mobile games or even like Supercell. And so that's been like one of the highlights for me, uh, just venturing into different mobile games is getting to like actually meet and talk to and play with everyone else. And so, yeah, like you said, there's gonna be a ton of opportunities coming up and definitely this has been like a fun time to like have everyone collab and say what up yeah. on Apex. With New State, I got to meet you in LA and then because of Apex, yeah. I, I ran like a whole stream with Bobby. I ran a stream with Noah. Like these were guys that just because of the whole like COD, PUBG, set, you know, it was very separate. Like these are a lot of guys that I haven't played with, right? But now it's like all of a sudden we have the chance to, you know, I like was doing some stuff with Jan Reek, like Ferg's coming into the mix. It's like definitely a good time in mobile for things to get shaken up. I 100% agree. I think uh, it... It has been cool. I think the obviously the launch of Apex hasn't quite been what we expected, but just because like at the end of the day, it is a good game. Uh, and I think what people have been looking for for a long time is a competitive battle royale. And even though uh, there are definitely things that can make it more competitive, I would say in the state that it's in, it's still more competitive than just about any other BR out there. So uh, it's been mm -hmm. cool to see the way that it's really brought so many of the different communities together. <laughs> Um, when I know that a lot of your content has transitioned recently toward Apex mobile stuff, obviously you did play primarily PUBG and then did a lot of new state stuff as well. So could you take us just on like a quick, uh, a quick journey through your time in mobile gaming? I know, I believe you started out with Omelette Arcade. Is that correct? Um, they were definitely <laughs> a, uh, a step of the journey, but I, I started with Clash Royale way back. So okay. the quick run rundown was like, you know, obviously like most of us, I was a gamer my whole life. I got to college, couldn't really fit a ton of time into console games between classes like I used to, right? So I transitioned to mobile where I could get a quick fix of like a Clash Royale game or something, um, a few minutes here or there. And then I started getting into content because I wanted to make strategy videos. And um, from there graduated was a HR manager, right? Like I was living the cubicle <laughs> life, just the nine to five and making content at night. And that was just the kind of the grind. I got an opportunity to go work for Omelette Arcade because I was looking around for gaming jobs and I met them at the Star Challenge, which was the first LAN event for PUBG Mobile. I was able to qualify and they gave me a job offer. So I moved out, worked for Omelette, um, which is like a live streaming app for mobile games. And then from there, I kind of transitioned to working with Powerbang very closely um, I was his personal editor, and then I also worked with um, his agency, Aftershock Media Group, for a little bit before finally getting big enough to make the jump to full-time content myself. But I started with Clash Royale, um, then I moved to PUBG Mobile. I was trying out other little random games, too, like Elder Scrolls Blades. I played that for content for a little bit. Um, fun fact, my main channel right now, is that is my main channel, it actually started, the first two weeks, I was playing Cyber Hunter. 
for oh, like my I main love game. Hunter. That was a great game. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, it was really refreshing, and it was one of those games that when it came out, I thought, hey, you know, I'm gonna make a new channel for this. So my old channel that I'd only gotten like six or seven thousand subscribers, I made a new one, fresh start, Cyber Hunter for two weeks, and I was like, I don't know about this. I might go back to PUBG Mobile, but I was like already on a new channel, so I just kind of went from there. Um, and then you know, having to work with a guy like Power Bang, learn from him. See what it's like behind the scenes of a guy who has a million subs, I think, is really what allowed me to learn and become a guy who has a million subs, right? So there's a lot of mentorship there um, and just, you know, took some time and I got the opportunity to learn from the best. And now we're here and now, you know, we're playing a little bit of everything. So it's been a fun, t uh, fun ride. That's a crazy journey. That is uh, so Omelette, what were what was your job at Omelette Arcade? Because I remember there was like an Omelette streamer house, if I'm not mistaken, or is that something... Something different. I think they had there like was an the, event, right? Yeah, like there I was Surfing Boy, Zinsured. There was like some yes, that's right. Now, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So I was at Omelette Arcade. I was hired to be a like growth and marketing manager. So running events, helping to do things that are gonna just get users to the app <laughs> and to, to like download. Um, I did a little bit in my brief time at Omelette because, as is like a lot of startups, things are very volatile. And they did a huge hiring ramp. Um, they hired like a dozen people in November and by April laid them all off. <laughs> so <laughs> oh I, I had fully God. moved. Yeah, I had fully moved to San Jose, um, had a new job, new apartment. I was I'm from New York. So I was all the way across the country from anybody and anything that I've ever known as a 23 year old getting fired. <laughs> like, OK, <laughs> now what? You know, so that's mm -hmm. why working with Power Bang was really like a saving moment for me because he really helped me out in a time where like I would probably have had to have moved back to New York um, at that point. But um, what you mentioned was the cool streamer house thing that we did. In the brief time I was at Omelette, we rented out this really crazy like river house, like mansion thing in, in Austin, Texas, got a bunch of mobile streamers down. We filmed this whole like Snapchat show. Um, and like you mentioned, Surfing Boy was there. Zensard was there. A couple Omelette streamers were there. I was there kind of as like a, a small creator, but also like staff. And then in the meantime, I was also casting a $40,000 omelet tournament with Metalcore over several months. We were doing like this weekly casting event. Um, and as soon as that ended, and then we finished the omelet like um, streamer house, that's when they like laid everybody off. They're like, okay, all the big projects we tried were like done. So like, all right, bye everybody. It was, uh, <laughs> it was very unexpected, but... Uh, yeah, it was all also like just a really good experience too to like kind of have just a little bit of industry experience and and learn um, You know, like how how the industry works as a, not only like a streamer But as a professional for like that brief period of time, so I don't regret it at all. It was definitely an important part of my journey I think awesome oh, good insider info. That's That's sick. What about mobile gaming? Made you want to make content on it because you said you did clash route before Almond arcade and then you said you work with power bang so was it you said, and then in college, they didn't have enough time for console gaming. So which one of those do you think led the most to you end up making mobile content rather than, because you said you tried other games um, and just stuck to mobile. So for me, it was just, I just, the games I played around mobile and I just enjoyed them the most. Like I still played console, still love console, but just enjoyed mobile for some reason. So I don't really have a great example. Um, so I don't know if you have like a reason. Yeah, for, I think... Like I said, mobile in college became, that was really the, the only platform that was accessible to me at the time, just because I was so busy with school and so busy. I was also an athlete, so I had practice and like, um, we would also have really long bus rides to like our track meets because I was a track and field athlete. So we'd go down to like Penn State and have a track meet. It's like a four hour bus ride. So 
I'm not exactly taking my PlayStation <laughs> on the bus, am I right? So I'll be sitting there and just playing like Clash Royale and stuff. So um, my, you know, my passion for gaming uh, existed, but I also had a passion for just making YouTube videos. Just like, you know, I'm sure many of us, we've made dumb videos as eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, right? Like we have really cringy old YouTube videos out there somewhere from like 2008, 2009. Like that was also part of my story. So I just had a passion for creating stuff. Um, and then in college, before I got into the actual YouTube content, um, I had wanted to be like a, a writer for IGN, right? Like we look up game reviews and articles and stuff. So I, I thought writing those would be kind of my passion. So I tried writing a few game reviews to go along with those reviews. I decided, Hey, I'm going to also make review videos, right? Cause you go to IGN, they've got like the written article, but they also have the, the video at the top of the article. So I tried making some of those review videos really enjoyed, you know, like that video making process about gaming, tried, you know, thinking about what if I made a gaming channel? Um, I started with Clash Royale. So my first gaming video, right, of like the actual insanity, like the first video of me was a Clash Royale video. But the second video was like Battlefield. And then another video after that was like Rocket League or something like that. So <laughs> I really intended on being a variety creator. I just think it was with Clash Royale and with mobile gaming is where I got the first little like nugget of success. My Clash Royale videos would get like a couple dozen views. Then I got really good with one card specifically, the Expo, and those would get 500 to 1,000 views per video. Um, so that's why I was able to just kind of go with that, just kind of follow the views, um, and it, it really just stuck me into mobile. But I had become a fan of PC PUBG, and I'd play with my buddies after work. So when PUBG Mobile came out, and I'm a kind of a mobile YouTuber, it seemed to make sense, um, and that, that was a game that I really enjoyed. And just from day one till now, I've just played PUBG Mobile. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of happened. Like you said, it just followed the views, which, okay, sounds kind of bad, like, on the outside, but that's what I did. I, I mean, that's, made, what, that's what you got to do to make it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I had done same thing, like, as many games as, any any game I was playing at the time, I would just slap a video on YouTube, and someone would get a dozen, you know, maybe a hundred. And I remember Clash of Clans was my first game where I did some base builds at, like, 50k views, we were like bragging about it at, in uh, in school and like yeah guys like I'm gonna get a check from YouTube this month don't worry about it it was like fifty dollars and they're like you got paid from YouTube I was like yeah I got paid from YouTube don't worry about it <laughs> so but in the you didn't mention a hundred thieves and and mm. all of this but that was a very big step or like I guess chapter in your content career like I followed that pretty heavily and was rooting along to to see a mobile gamer get signed to an organization as prestigious as 100 Thieves. So if you could just give like a brief synopsis of like, what was your mindset going into it? What did you want to achieve? And then afterwards, what what transpired? Because um, that's a very interesting story. I think that really almost no one could tell other than you. Yeah, so there's definitely, like early on, I had thought about joining an org and there were, you know, there were a lot of smaller opportunities in mobile gaming to join like little orgs. And I felt that some of the, some of my friends that had joined orgs, they had pretty much, you know, it was like shout out. Oh my gosh, like X, <laughs> Y, and Z org. I'm now with them. <laughs> yeah. And after that, nothing happened. Like they would just like kind of change their name on Twitter. Mm -hmm. There was a shout out from the org, like Twitter account. And then they wouldn't make content. Like maybe they put a logo on their overlays, but I was like, I want something that's a little deeper than that. I don't want just like a surface relationship. Um, so I pretty much said, I'm not going to join an org unless it's like one of the biggest top tier orgs. And if I'm not at that level, I'm just going to keep grinding until I get to that level. Um, and this was about 2020. Um, I hadn't gotten hundred K subs quite yet, but I started 
narrowing down the list, and I, at first I was like looking at Cloud9 because they did have a presence in PUBG Mobile. They'd signed a few pro teams here and there. Um, I really liked the culture around 100 Thieves. Of course, FaZe Clan is like a big name too. When I look at myself and my brand and I look at 100 Thieves versus FaZe Clan, FaZe Clan does seem like they're more like like about trick shots and they've got kind of this culture and like, you know, they're like cool guys and they've got tattoos and all kind that of stuff. Kind of like and frat culture in yeah. a way. Yeah, they, frat they culture. that, yeah. Yeah, and I know 100 Thieves like does seem a little more like maybe family friendly on the surface and a little more chill and like, and I kind of just gravitated more towards the lifestyle of 100 Thieves. So I started reaching out early and I was making like these pitch decks and being all like trying to be, you know, like uh, different than anyone that would just hit their inbox. It's like, please sign me, right? Like I was mm-hmm. trying to like impress them and I remember I was like, I have, you know, 70K subs. I'm this big hotshot guy, like, mobile, <laughs> you know, and it's like and nothing. They never replied. And I just kept kind of going at it and like seeing if I could, you know, within reason, I wasn't trying to like harass them or anything, but just any way that I could cultivate a bit of a relationship. And it took a long time until I moved to Los Angeles in August. This is about 10 months ago. Right now it's June. So um, last August, I touched down in LA at my new place. A week after, like, I'm still waiting for my stuff to arrive, boxes and everything. I'm unpacking. And they're like, we've got an intern thing. Um, We're going to, like, buy new people. And looking at JHB, who's, like, their intern, so to speak, but he's become so popular, he's quite literally one of their talent now, right? Mm-hmm. He's, like, a, a streamer pretty much for them. Yep. So I, I figured, hey, I could probably go on the same track. Like, I'll do whatever they want to be an intern, but I can uh, hopefully rise up to the ranks and stuff. So I... Tried to do some crazy ideas that I knew that could not get ignored, right? Like, I knew they were going to get hundreds or thousands of submissions. So I thought, like, what is something that I can do that quite literally they can not not see it, right? Mm-hmm. So I got a 12-foot box truck. I, like, rush order printed a 12-foot banner. I was designing this thing in Photoshop, and the file was so large that it would, like, <laughs> crash my computer trying to save and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I printed it. And it said, your next intern. And I had actually was just about to hit a million subs. Like I was about to hit it the next week. Mm -hmm. So I like kind of Photoshopped myself with a gold play button, like in anticipation. Um, And it was like all coming together, right? Because I'm also trying to plan like hitting a million subs like that week. Um, I parked the box truck like at 4 a.m. I I attached this banner to my, uh, this truck outside my house. I start driving down the road and the banner like flies off the truck. And I'm like, oh, "Oh, no. And I had to like back up, go get it, drive back to my place, reattach it. And then I start driving down the road at like 4 a.m. in L.A. going like 10 <laughs> miles an hour. People are like going around <laughs> me and stuff because I like cannot have this thing fly off. I've got it attached with like duct tape and rope. And like mm-hmm. I finally pull up in front of the compound because there's no one on the street. I get the like prime parking spot across from their executive conference room. Like you look out the window, you see the truck. And it, I parked it there for like nine days. Now, the <laughs> signs all said, they're like, you have to move your car every morning from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. for street cleaning. Mm-hmm. So for the first couple mornings, I oh, got up no. at 3.30. Oh, I went and sat by the truck like in anticipation to move it and then park it right back there. But the street cleaners never came. So I'm like, oh, I don't think there is street. Mm. So then I just said F it and I just left it there. But mm-hmm. they all saw it and they loved it. Um, that qualified me to the next round. Um, I, and... Like I remember John, uh, John Robinson, their their chief operating officer, like one of their top you know executives. He took a picture of it, and like they all um, they all love the truck. And I at least like to most of the staff, they know me now. But to all the staff, at least they're like, oh, you're the truck guy, you know. So like, <laughs> I got my name out there. For the second round, um, I kind of made like a the, the the format. By the way, was all in TikTok, so it was like short form vertical content. I had to make like 
make it fit into a TikTok. So I made like the craziest like three minute kind of game show ever. I got these life-size like realistic cardboard cutouts of Courage, Valkyrie, Nade Shot, and John Robinson. And I filmed the whole show um, with these cardboard cutouts. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but like anything again to like get their attention and just go to that next level. So that got me through. Um, it was like this fun show where I was competing against them. And uh, the whole shtick was that I wanted to do an actual show with Courage, Valkyrie, you know, and, and all the people. But at the same time, they were filming these like creator games out in like some big um, like retreat for their whole like org. So the joke was like, oh, they're not available. Like, crap, I have to do this show. What am I going to do? So like I went and got cardboard cutouts of them. Right. <laughs> so that that uh, got their attention more. I qualified to the very final round, which was an interview with JHB, Nade Shot and two other staff members. Um, so I had that interview and this is the part of the story that I'm telling for the first time that no one knows, but again, I'm like, I need to stand out. I need to do something so crazy that I'm going to just be like ingrained in their memories. and They'll never forget me. And I think it worked And it. This is probably one of the riskiest things that I've done as a creator. And that was the same time that I was about to do that interview. I was also participating in the Halloween event for PUBG mobile, which involved Dr. Disrespect. And we had all been sent the realistic Dr. Disrespect costumes, the vest, <laughs> the wig, the sunglasses, the fake mustache, all of it, you name it. So I was like, what if, call me crazy, what if I go into my interview with Nade Shot dressed as Dr. Disrespect? <laughs> and everyone that I ran the idea by was like, you're insane. Why would you, why would you waste an opportunity like that? Like, you need to be professional. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm like, they're going to, because they had asked if they could film my interview just in case I make it. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to have that footage as part of my story. So I did it. I actually wired it up so that I could blast Doc, Doc's intro song through my mic, like into the Zoom call as I like turned in my chair <laughs> and was Doc. And uh, Nate Shot was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you're insane, man. And he's like, hats off to you. And they, and they loved it so much that they actually called John Robinson in the room, made me put all my stuff on. They're like, do it again, do it again. So it actually, <laughs> it actually worked out and it, and it got their attention for sure. Um, so I, they, they told me, they're like, we want to work with you. It's great. Uh, we love everything you've done. And they brought me around for their uh, intern like announcement video because they told me I was too qualified. They're like, look, we're actually looking for like staff interns. We're like, you, we do see you have a million subscribers and like a very successful channel. Like, are you sure you want to like be a staff member? And I was like, well, we can, maybe we can figure something out. Um, so we were in the process of doing that. But then as like time went on, um, I don't think that they're like that interested in mobile. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, the sad ending of the story is that nothing is like, I guess, materialized in an official capacity. But, you know, for me, I really just wanted to get my name out there. The organization, they know me. Um, like when I went to their pop-up for their new merch, like they all said hi to me. It was great. Um, they actually involved me in a video with a bunch of Fortnite pros. You might know them, Ducky. I know, like, I play with Mr. Savage. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, Arkham. Um, Wait, you Rex, played? Like, Wait, why'd yeah. you play with them? We didn't play Fortnite, but they, you know how they do, like, fun, like, um, just kind of videos with their talent? So Yeah, okay, okay. At the time, they were releasing a new keyboard with their high ground keyboard company. And we did like a type racer challenge where, JHB, uh, yeah, I think I yeah. saw that. Yeah. And we did like a fun like contest, like who could type the fastest. And like on the other team was like the, their Fortnite pros. <laughs> so they brought me into like a fun video like that. It's on their esports channel. And I've been involved in, in you know, some ways, um, but I haven't joined officially. But I'm hoping that, you know, one day if they were to want to get into mobile, at least I feel like I've positioned Dude, you're myself. The first. You're the yeah, first, I feel like, like 
There's yeah, no way Cumberbund. they wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say like for sure. We've always we've brought on who was it Ferg, like Ice, uh, and you now. Everyone's every creator I've ever talked to has always said be different, do something different, do something to stand out. And I don't think a lot of people take that like they take it too literally of like oh, I gotta just do something like or I, maybe it's just they interpret it the wrong way like the way you interpreted that of like do something mm-hmm. different like it might be risky everyone i talked to said don't do that you're gonna look like an idiot and then you hop on a call and everyone loves it like if you don't take those risks you would have been another dude in a suit or a button up you know sure looking professional and they would have been like oh i think i remember that guy but that's like an ingrained i mean you said you wanted to ingrain yourself in their memories and that's like i i would have not had the guts to do that. i'll tell you right now i would have never had the guts <laughs> even if everyone said yes even that would have been too chicken to do it. So that's like, that's the definition of doing something different. And it worked. So hope, hope 100 Thieves hops into mobile. And then you'll just hope to see you tweet out, join 100 Thieves coming <laughs> soon. Yeah, no, that, that would definitely be a really awesome goal. Um, even though I think I haven't been successful at it, you know, like I, I gave it my all. And, you know, I did the truck, we did the show, I did like the interview with them. Um, part of me moving to LA. I won't lie, like 100 Thieves was a big reason. You know, if you want to join something, you have to give it your all. And, you know, it's it's easy for me to be like, hey, if you're looking for a guy in mobile who has like, you know, a decent following, who also lives like 10 minutes down the road, you know, like make it as easy as possible. Like eventually I'd hope that it just makes sense. And they're like, yeah, you know, this is like a no brainer. Like they don't have to move me or fly me in. Like I, I position myself here, you know, strategically to hopefully one day be a good asset for them. Um, but as I've kind of uncovered by living here, there's actually other huge orgs that are just down the road. Like TSM is actually 10 minutes down the road the other way. And I had no idea. They've got like some giant $50 million facility and stuff. So I'm hoping that, you know, as I continue to grow, maybe one day um, it will just make sense. But, you know, to answer the org question, I do want to have an in-person presence with an org. I'd love to be in their content. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm kind of narrowing my list to orgs that are just in L.A. right now. I mean, there's a lot though, right? Like FaZe, yeah. TSM, you just said, 100 Thieves. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you've definitely had one of the the faster blowups in mobile, I would say. And I think uh, a lot of that is attributed just to your your hard work and looking at the algorithm, uh, talking about like what you did with 100 Thieves, going above and beyond and just doing what nobody else would expect. And then obviously uh, you actually tweeted out, I believe earlier this month, that you have now an opportunity to work alongside Mr. Beast in some capacity. So obviously he tweeted out a while ago, basically he had an idea to invest in social media influencers. Um, but basically like, oh, and I, I, I'm not gonna say I had this idea before Mr. Beast, but I had thought about it a while ago. It's like, what if I went up to a creator with like 10,000 subscribers and was like, I'll give you kind of, kind of like Shark Tank basically. Um, and so you, you announced that you're partnering with his company, Creative Juice. Is there anything you can tell us about that? What that looks like for you? Is there a capacity in which you are working with Mr. Beast? Is it mainly just the staff there? Uh, and kind of what that looks like for you? Yeah, so um, I don't want to like say I work with Mr. Beast or that you know I'm on calls with Jimmy every week. That's mm-hmm. certainly not the case. However, the relationship there is that, like you pointed out, Mr. Beast had an idea. He's a rich guy. I think we all know that. (laughs) And he partnered with um, several very prominent individuals and created a firm called uh, Creative Juice. So what Creative Juice does is they have a bunch of money and they invest in creators such as myself that they feel like would make promising investments. They give 
us like lump sums of money. And then the relationship there is that I now have like a deal with them where I actually give them back a portion of my AdSense over, you know, the next two years, three years, whatever it is for them, obviously to recoup their investment. They're not just giving out free money, but the cool idea is that now, like instead of me having to save maybe for like a cool idea I had now it's like, Hey, juice has provided the funds for me to start getting to work and doing cool things immediately. Right. Like kind of getting that upfront uh, money. It's almost like getting a mortgage instead of saving mm-hmm. for a house, like the bank will help you out, give you the money now, and then you pay them back over time. So it's a cool way for creative juice to, you know, ac- accelerate the growth of creators such as myself. And they also are very knowledgeable because the, the firm works and is guided by people like Mr. Beast. Like we can get some really good, um, inside like tips and stuff. I know like one cool perk we've worked with guys like Patty Galloway, who's a really well-known, um, strate- like strategic guy in YouTube. He, he consults with guys like Mr. Beast and Preston plays and some of the biggest names and they really help us, um, refine our content. Like we can bounce ideas off other creators. Um, so it's almost like an org in a way without like, you know, the esports a- like aspect, mm-hmm. but, um, there's like cool events, like they mentor, they provide funds. Um, they also provide like banking just for any creator to go sign up for banking. If you want, uh, like if you're an LLC and you want to kind of separate your personal from like Dang. professional banking. Yeah. They do a ton of cool stuff. Like they helped me set up an LLC, like on the business side of things, I blew up so fast. Like you said, Bobby, like I never really had like an LLC or like a lot of this stuff like set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so creative juice like helped me with that. So it is like linked with Mr. Beast in a way, but unfortunately I can't say that, you know, <laughs> I've talked with him and I've met him and stuff. He might nah, be aware. You could say yeah. it. Come <laughs> on. But, uh, you know, it, that was a really, really cool opportunity. Um, my relationship with juice is a little unique as well, because as I was getting to know them, they're here in LA too. Um, which I do want to say, you know, to everybody that thinks I'm crazy for moving to LA, yes, it's expensive, but by being able to be, you know, within very close proximity to TSM, to hundred thieves, um, to creative juice, like when they're like, Hey, we're in LA, like, would you want to get dinner sometime? I'm like, of course I can do that. I'm literally five minutes away. So yes, it's expensive, but I, I kind of made the decision at this point in my life to instead just like buy a house and settle and like save and, you know, like make a financially smart decision. I guess it was a little more risky, (laughs) but I said, I'm going to go rent an apartment in LA, which is crazy expensive, Mm -hmm. but like throw myself into the industry where I can like be very close proximity to like these opportunities and stuff. And juice was a cool thing that kind of came about that. Cause when they asked if like I'd be down to meet them, I was like, yeah, I live like right here. Let's, let's do it. And a cool part about the story is that as I met them and we had dinner, obviously I'm going to bring my girlfriend to dinner. They start talking to her too at dinner and they're like, holy crap, you're really accomplished and smart. Like, do you want a job? So now she works there actually <laughs> as a full-time uh, employee. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah like qu- kind of a cool little, you know, happy ending to that, that story there. But yeah, that investment is really cool. Um, I actually went with a smaller investment just because I, at the time they reached out to me, I wasn't like needing anything, but I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I could do a little something, something with this. And, yeah. um, I also just wanted to, I accepted the investment also to get access to all these perks to work, you know, um, with like their mentors and to kind of learn from their whole network of creators that are much bigger than myself. Like I'm always down to learn and like ask questions. And, um, I just wanted the ability to be able to do that. So I kind of accepted the investment just to kind of get into their little fold into their family. Right. Um, but I haven't regretted it at all. It's been, it's been super cool. And, um, yeah, that was definitely a fun little thing to see in my inbox. I thought it was too good to be true. 
a company is reaching out and they're mm-hmm. like, hello, Insanity, congrats on all your success. Like, we provide investments and we'd love to give you money. I'm like, this has got to be a scam, dude. Yeah, but, but like, was, what's the word link? What's link do I click on to have you steal all my passwords? Come exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, me. but it was, it was, they were so nice and it was so legit and I, I really couldn't believe it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been a really cool opportunity. I was going to ask, so I guess there was no like Shark Tank pitch. If they reach out to you, you didn't have to be like, Hello, Creative Juice. My name is Winsanity. Today, I'm I'm seeking $50,000 for 50% of my YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. Was, you didn't have to do that. They were like, dude, just take our money. Yeah, I think they, so they do some outreach to creators that, you know, on the surface look like, hey, this could be a good investment. Obviously, they do their due diligence and they, when they dive into the numbers, like they actually make sure that it's mm-hmm. a good investment. Um, yeah. But, but, you know, that it does kind of get initiated with a little bit of outreach. I think like huh. at this point, creators can also reach out to them. If you feel like, oh yeah, I'd like an investment. You know, there is that, um, like the creators can reach out to them, but they also do outreach to, you know, creators that they feel like they okay. would want to work with too. So I'll get my pitch ready. I'll get it I'll get started. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I, one thing about your just channel content is like, there's a theme. There's a, there's a consistent theme going on here. Like going above and beyond, even where it may not be required, and I just gotta ask, why is your setup so good? I there hands down is not a person in the mobile community with a better setup, and usually it's the opposite where mobile players have typically pretty bad setups. I don't like it's just so easy to create content on a phone where you don't need the face cam, the lighting, the this, the that, but you've done that on like two setups and have a custom studio, so like. Does it help? Like, it seems like you went above and beyond for an extra, like, 10% where that wasn't required, but you did it anyways because I guess you saw, like, a lot of potential in it. Yeah. um, I've always been a bit of a tech guy. And, um, you know, I was fortunate that because I went up through college and had, like, full-time jobs, I was able to then kind of reinvest that back into my my setup. Um, I think, like you mentioned, I went really far to get that, like, extra 10%. But in a way, that extra 10% is what helps separate, I think, you know, like a top creator from everyone else. In mobile, it's very easy to create a video with just your phone, right? Um, And there are people that have a ton of success, way more success than I have. There's guys with 6 million, 11 million subscribers, Sevu Lavino, who have, you know, done like just gameplay and they're very good with their gameplay and they opted to not take the route of a face cam and a microphone and stuff. So it's definitely possible. I may have also fallen prey to the the mentality that like you need to have all this equipment to be a good YouTuber. That's certainly not the case, but I can definitely attest to the fact that it does help. Right. Um, like I said, I, I love tech and my goal was to not only take over mobile gaming, but I want to just be a face in gaming in general. So I had built my setup in a way that I could seamlessly make any content I wanted. Um, so right now I pretty much have it set up where if I wanted to hop from PUBG mobile to Warzone or Fortnite, Um, I can just kind of do that with the flip of a switch. So I have it configured in such a way that I can cover whatever I want pretty seamlessly. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I wanted to have like really high quality stuff and do anything that would separate me from other creators. I have like, I made 1440p, for example, my kind of like new baseline. So all my videos and streams are in 1440 and not just 1080. Um, which again, like you don't have to watch in that quality, but (laughs) it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like a flex. And, like, you're yeah. like, I have it. Come on. Like, no one's like, I would never watch a video, especially on mobile, 1440, maybe on desktop. But whenever I watch well, a creator you, you who has probably like don't 2K. Have a mobile device that can actually show 1440. Yeah, right? no, I have like a three year old <laughs> phone. 
Uh, but it's always it, like it's just like I respect those people who go above and beyond. Like mm-hmm. MKBHD has like four AK videos or like yeah. minus tech tips. Like they don't have to. And realistically, yeah. <clears throat> there's a minute percentage of people who actually will do it. But it's just kind of cool they do. It's like mm-hmm. I res- they respect the craft so much, and so like I can appreciate that. Where myself, like I've been rocking the same camera for four years the same shelf for the last four, the same poster for the last six years. Like I have my setup. I just copy and paste it wherever I go. Uh, but it's like that, I like, that works for me. And it's almost like, I always want to make upgrades to my setup, but I'm so overwhelmed of like, there's so many possibilities, so many options. Mm-hmm. If I get this, yeah. I might not like it, but you know, this up desk, like $2,000. It's like, but well, this $300 desk has treated me very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I, I commend you. I commend you for the for the links that what you've gone to. So. Yeah, I mean, there's also some unintended benefits that people don't realize. So the 1440p from the viewer's perspective is like, yeah, it's like a little more crisp, right? But from the workflow behind the scenes, I found that there's a couple, like it it actually helps out so much when my stuff's in 1440p. Like sometimes I've had really funny clips or, or insane gameplay moments that I was like, oh crap, I wasn't recording. Mm-hmm. But I can go back and rip it from the stream. And it's such high quality from the stream rip because it was in 1440 that you would never know. So it kind of saves me, you know, that I actually have, like, the stream archive in such high quality. Also, for if I'm working with a thumbnail artist and I'm like, hey, just go screenshot the stream. Or, like, here's the YouTube link. You can screenshot anything you want. And they're like, but won't that be low quality? I'm like, no, it's in 1440p. Like, I just promise you, any any screen grab from the video like will be super high quality for your thumbnails like and no one would ever know yeah so it really helps on the back end i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you about that after this (laughs) yeah yeah you got got gigabit internet so you don't really have any reason to not do it you know yeah i it's just it's just storage on my pc but Mm -hmm. i i need to buy some extra stuff anyway so yeah yeah that's also a thing i've got over the years i've gotten like 15 terabytes of dropbox storage (laughs) all my recordings are in the cloud man I saw your tweet where you have like eight terabytes of hard drive storage, like four different, yeah. like two terabytes. And it yeah. fills up so fast all the time. Like I probably do 40 to 50 gigs every stream because I just record Chat everything. Bay. It's insane. But what, what yeah, you know, ten, I have 1000 down 40 up. So yeah, I usually have to leave my computer oh. on for a little bit to go up, like to upload all that. But it, yeah, it's a pain. Dang, but like what bit rate do you record in? Uh, 15,000. Okay. So I stream and gotcha. record in 15,000 for, for huh. 1440p. That looks pretty, pretty good. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What Elgato do you have? I have a 4k. One? I have a 4k 60 pro Mark two, like internal capture card for I my have. iPad. Yeah. And then I've got the cam link pro for all my different cameras. Okay. Huh? So um, I guess I could do it then. Yeah. 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 No, it's definitely possible. Um, especially if you, yeah, if you've got the 4k capture card, then mm-hmm. like your iPad can come through, um, in 1440p, like no problem. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Anyways, um, but, enough tech stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tech, tech I was going to, I was going to say the, uh, the only thing that I did was like for my studio, I did a bunch of research to find out like who did like some of the studios that I looked up to, like uh, one of my favorite streamers is courage. And since I moved to LA, I found the exact company that like courage had hired to make his studio. And I hit them up and was like, Hey, make mine too. You know, so like, <laughs> I did a little bit of research. Like I went, I just, I want, if you want to emulate the best, like you mm-hmm. kind of have to like, you kind of have to do your due diligence. And I like, I found out like, who, who was designing and who was making all the things for my favorite streamers. And then I started hitting them up to see if they could make the same stuff for me. All right. Well, moving a little bit away from Winsanity and obviously the main topic of the podcast is mobile gaming. Uh, I think one of the biggest things being talked about right now is the state of Apex Legends Mobile. Uh, and one thing I thought about that I think you in particular could probably shed more light on 
than a lot of other people just because you've worked across multiple different titles. Um, so a lot of people don't know. Obviously, most of the big mobile shooters are developed by... Uh, Tencent is like the umbrella company, but underneath Tencent, there's different mobile studios. So Timmy is the studio that makes Call of Duty Mobile, whereas Lightspeed is the studio that makes PUBG Mobile and Apex Legends Mobile. So obviously, we do want to talk about like your thoughts on the current state of Apex Legends Mobile and things they could fix, but also uh, whether or not the, the current issues that the game is facing are those EA issues, are those Lightspeed issues, because I know... Um, I feel like I've heard more things about like bugs that specifically have been in PUBG Mobile for almost years on end without any address. Uh, so I don't know if that's something that you could speak to at all. And if you feel like maybe that's part of the reason why the game launched with so many bugs, or if you feel like it's kind of a combination of the two together. I feel like, um, so Apex, if I had to rate the launch, I'd say it's like a seven out of 10. I think it was like very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. The thing that happened for me was like, I grinded for predator and I was playing like dozens of hours, like every week, like just crazy amounts of streams. And when I finally hit it and I went back and tried playing just like normally, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm not having any fun at all. Mm -hmm. Like you almost need that high adrenaline um, of like a predator lobby to even enjoy it. So like going back to a public match, there's like a lot of bots and stuff. So I think, um, I, I, it's hard to try to pinpoint, I think, where certain issues stem from, like from an, uh, like the like EA or Lightspeed or whatever. But um, I think the major issue with Apex right now is that it is, it's good. There are definitely some surface bugs, like the audio issues and, and stuff. And, but luckily, that can be fixed, right? Like if we try to assess where Apex is going to be in five or six months, I'm sure a lot of this crap is going to be ironed out. Um, I, I think the biggest issue is just kind of a lack of content. I got really burnt out on one map, like one mode. Um, yeah. And... And I, I was really excited to play King's Canyon, right? It was in soft mm -hmm. launch. It, it ran really well, like in soft launch. And I'm like, this map's good to go. What's what's holding back? You know, like, where is it? So I think maybe that's an EA thing where they have, you know, notoriously limited the amount of content on release. So, you know, maybe we'll get King's Canyon in an update or two. And it's going to be this like huge update. But I kind of subscribe to the mentality of like, hey, if the map's done and it works <laughs> and it's good yeah. to go, like, why is we it not in the game? We already played on it. <laughs> yeah. Why is it not here? You know, so I feel like they're... Maybe they felt like they could launch with just World's Edge and just kind of a bare bones experience and then kind of give us like the new map is like, hey, here's a huge update. But I'm like, mm -hmm. come on, guys, the map's done. Like release it and maybe, you know, develop new stuff. Yep. Someone but actually asked me about that today and I can I'll, I'll vouch for EA on one point of like a lot of people are probably probably being introduced to the Apex mobile or Apex franchise for the first time and giving them two maps. So they have to learn all the drop spots, all the nooks and crannies of the map and like it's a lot easier to do that on one new map than two new maps. Um, so that's my only, like... That's maybe, true. It's maybe I think why they, they could just play. It. They could just play the... Like, even if there's two available and you're like, I'm just going to stick to World's Edge for now. But it at least gives those of us who are like, you know, we go so hard on a new mobile game, like, you know, more than yeah. the casual. Mm -hmm. It at least but gives think, us something to do. I think the way Apex on PC works, maybe it's just a specific mode, but they rotate the maps every two hours. Yeah, it's for ranked. So... Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. public, you can just choose? I believe so. I'm not 100%, okay. but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Never mind, yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, think, uh, I think right now one of the biggest issues for Apex is, like, number one, obviously, it's not super optimized for low-end devices. I don't, I don't really knock them for that. I do think that they... Like, I think they're doing a good job of pushing the edge for mobile gaming. Uh, and I think, like, as far as, like... What mobile games are capable of, Apex is definitely up there as one of the highest capability-sided things. 
um but because they are pulling from such a smaller player pool than so many other games that are more optimized for lower end devices um i think it's that much more important to not have a, a split community and then uh, on the other side like i would almost prefer like you talked about having king's canyon i kind of would prefer to have um two different br maps off the start and maybe not having tdms arenas tpp yeah. lobbies like all these different ways that you split up the player base that make it so there are fewer and fewer real players in each individual lobby um i think there's just so many things that they're doing right now that are really thinning out the player base and the more you thin out the player base the more bored people are going to get which thins out the player base even more so I, I think it's like a cycle that the game's going through right now that it it is almost i'm not going to say it's killing itself because obviously it's in the initial launch uh we saw the same thing with apex on pc like they didn't they, they had a big launch and then they didn't sustain content very well and so the numbers dropped off and then they've regained it obviously a pretty significant amount especially over the past year but i i think right now one of the biggest things that they need to do is find ways to reunify the player base rather than continuing to split it off just in the name of giving people more options of different things to play yeah i agree I mean, and i think with lightspeed having developed this as well as pubg mobile that that is kind of a common theme that also plagues pubg mobile there are at any given time amongst all the different servers there's solos and duos and squads for fpp and tpp for like six different maps that are ranked oh. and unranked and some of the maps also have an additional queue for a game, special game mode in collaboration that they do once a month. So there are literally probably like 40 to 50 different matchmaking queues that you can be in. But then we get like lobbies with, you know, there's a substantial amount of bots and you're like, and I would personally just love it if they'd consolidate it down mm -hmm. to just a few different queues um, and fewer bots, right? Like we all are asking for more real player opponents. And I've heard some, from some of my predator friends that they, they would try to Q snipe their other predator friends. Like they're like, not, you know, to, not to <laughs> mm -hmm. be malicious, but they're like, Hey man, like I'm going to match. And then you like ducky and Bobby, you guys match too. see if we get in the same lobby and you guys match at the same time you get put in different lobbies that are filled with bots. And it's mm -hmm. like, yep match together you know yeah. like for real people why are you not matching people together but then giving bots so i don't think it's like a player count issue it could just be an issue of they're trying to like hold our hands too much and new players like give them mm -hmm. bots for a fun experience i don't disagree that bots are are like i think bots are important because if you truly had 60 player lobbies that range from gold players up to predators the golds are going to get stomped, right? Yeah, they, and they're they not would gonna, not they're play not for gonna, very long. Yeah, and they're not going to put up much of a fight anyway. So, look, mm -hmm. I'm not calling gold players bots, but if you just substitute them for uh. bots, a predator's <laughs> probably going to steamroll them anyway, you know? Yeah. So, I think it just it kind of helps negate kind of the, the negative experience that low-ranked players would have if you just substitute in the bots because the predators are going to steamroll them anyway. That's fine. But having, like, majority bot lobbies is not good for yeah. anyone because mm -hmm. you do end up getting players that get up into Diamond and Master who really should not be up there, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. who plays the game more and who farms bots more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I made an entire, like, dedicated video on Ranked because I think without... I think the comp... Like, competition is what drives Apex Mobile, in my opinion. Like, it's, it's not a Fortnite game where there's a new event. You know, I'm going to go play... Travis Scott skin today and mm -hmm. go play Ninja. Like it's not a content-based game in my opinion. It's a competitive-based game. It's it's there so people can improve their skill, kill other people, get their wins, flex their wins, and that's like the core of the game. 
And like Bobby said, they're not intentionally killing off their game, but a lot of their systems have negative feedback loops where you reach a higher rank as a predator and your bots, your lobbies are filled with more bots. So they're less competitive. And if they're less competitive, you're either going to go play scrims, which is drawing more higher skilled players out of the lobbies, which makes them less competitive, or you're going to just going to quit the game, which makes them less competitive. So there's just a lot of loops and mm -hmm. systems in the game right now that are making things less competitive. Um, and I think they really need to uh, attend to those before worrying, like, you know, the glitches are, like you said, they're surface level, they can be fixed, but like, I don't want to see another Wraith $250 draw mm -hmm. in the store when the lobbies are just not competitive. When the same bot team is dropping on me at my same drop spot every game, <laughs> like dog. And it's even it's like, all right, dude, I'm gonna kill them and get one point per kill. Yeah, right. What's the, there's no point pushing anymore. Point pushing has evolved or devolved into who can rat the most and who can win the most, which isn't mm -hmm. point pushing. It's like you said, who could play the most? So it's just, I've honestly just been playing pubs these last few days and it's been a blast. Like the lobbies have been getting slowly better from what I can tell. But still, there's some lobbies like today where I was playing for two hours. Like, okay, I'm going to go play like some FPP or no, TPP, but play FPP because that's I just want to. I've been doing yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I, I jumped really into fun. I jumped into a TPP lobby playing FPP just because I wanted to get into a platinum lobby to try to start grinding badges. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm master lobby on FPP. Like, I'm probably not going to drop 20 kills in that. So let me do, go do it in TPP. But if I go into any public matches, unfortunately, I will say like the most recent one I played. I had 18 kills. My teammate had 19, and another teammate had oh. nine. So if you do the math, <laughs> that's crap. like 45 to 50 of the mm -hmm. of the 60 that we killed. So I've been queuing up with some masters and pubs, though. Like I'll be don't honest, don't think it was I've, real players. I yeah. I did that too, Ducky. But I'm pretty sure there's stream snipers whenever it happened because I play off stream and I literally don't see a single good player in pubs. I don't know, dude. I've had some like yesterday. I had a pretty crazy 6k in pub where it was just non-stop capital action like i like no there are some lobbies where it's like okay dude let's wrap mm -hmm. this up they're all bots but then there's some they're just so randomized like it's not consistent and so you put your shoes put yourself in the shoes of a casual and they only have an hour to play and they don't want to spend 30 minutes playing bot lobbies mm -hmm. like there's just so many factors of like let's up the skill let's i don't need my you know some people need their hand held that's just mm -hmm. like that's fine but when you're level 95 and you're predator rank and master rank, the game should be able to be like, all right, this dude's pretty goaded. Let's give mm -hmm. him some, it's pretty, let's give him some real players. And like, yeah. if you're level 95, you're fine with queue times. Like I keep, I keep saying that like, you know, a two, three minute queue time, that's fine. Just mm -hmm. yeah. Right. We all, we all would match longer just yeah. to get, I'm like, take the extra, that, that also is a problem with PUBG mobile is that I would have bots in my lobbies yet. It would match instantly i'm like <laughs> what like how, how are you finding but then but then it's not finding them i'm like I, i'd yeah. rather wait like 10 seconds even 15 seconds to just get yeah. a couple more real people in there you know um i think the the biggest issue with apex mobile and this is nothing wrong with the game it's just when i look at my own content um some of the videos that have gotten me the most success are like shorts or funny moments or, or funny clips I, I definitely take a more comedic approach instead of a like i'm a pro player approach mm -hmm. and with apex i was like i gotta sweat I got to like communicate with teammates. Like I wasn't it's going to a matches. lot of funny moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not a lot of funny moments are happening in apex. Um, so I was having a hard time integrating it into my content where like I would flip on a PUBG mobile stream and I can get like funny shorts, like the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, and I had a similar issue with new state too. And I'm not sure if it's 
because these are the games that are really only optimized for like high-end devices. So everyone playing has a high-end device. They're sweats. They're really good. There aren't really those moments to like mess around with a noob or like troll somebody <laughs> um, where, like there are in PUBG Mobile. So, you know, it, it does speak to that optimization thing that you talked about, where it's, which is like if it's optimized for low-end devices, I don't know, maybe there's a correlation there where I can get kind of funnier content. But for those games that are not, and it's really only like the latest and greatest iPads and phones, um, everybody seems to be so good in their sweats, right? But then the player base is small, so we have a lot more bots. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had the same thing in Fortnite, um, but that was a there was a lot of funny moments I could snag in that game. Um, but I think that was a really poorly optimized uh, game for low end devices. Like, yeah, they just chopped it off at the low end. They're like, "Yo, you guys can't even play." Mm-hmm. And even at the low end devices, even like iPhone eights and like tens were kind of struggling. Um, towards a later bit and i think it just like that's more of a content game you don't have to have good skill to enjoy the game but if you don't have skill in apex you're not you're not gonna have mm-hmm. fun um and so i think it's more of just like the mindset and the approach the game is taken that leads to a lack of funny moments like i've i've really enjoyed like solo squatting just pubs and rank because it's like i can like you said i could take a breath i don't have to be uh comms he's over here he's, he's cracked he's 140 mm-hmm. And like constantly yeah. on the lookout for a pred team because while that's fun it just it gets a bit old and it's also like well half the teams i run into aren't even preds so it's like i have to turn on and off this mentality of like okay i can sweat and then i take take a second to chill and re-chat but no i can't because there's another pred. oh it's a bot team just kidding it's a bot team yeah exactly mm-hmm. i would get lulled into this false sense of like just chilled out because i kill a couple bot teams look at chat and then it's like all of a sudden you're like oh crap like that's a real team on the hill yep. okay like and you have to quickly get back into this like pro mentality because you mm-hmm. get lulled into this false sense of like security just kind of stomping some bots um yeah and it's funny the one thing we actually haven't talked about we're talking about apex for like 10 minutes no one mentioned b hopping and I, I just want to say like, that <laughs> needs to be taken out of the game at first i like it in the game no 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 keep it i am too oh i am too but listen Take it like I keep saying while it's here, bro. Yeah, dude. If I see some little wraith hip hip hopping across the map, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna say? Oh, that's fine. I'm gonna not do it. Dude, sign me up. Let me be hop all day. I don't care. But when the game, I liked it at first, but I feel like it is. I like yeah. It's yeah. no, it, no. It needs to get. It's so stupid. It's, yeah, like so fights. Cheap. It is when you get into a fight that's b hopper versus b hopper. I'm like, bro, this is just terrible. Like mm-hmm. it's who can get the most lucky shots because like really can you actually track someone that close like no like it's so hard yeah and it i just i was a little frustrated because that's the type of issue that i i would like to have seen like a hot fix or Mm -hmm. they had this this cold snap patch to fix it and i think like we've seen i don't know if it's confirmed but it's like some leaks and stuff people are saying and suggesting it Mm -hmm. will be the july update but that was disappointing to me because i feel like the developer is pretty much saying they're fine with it just being in the game for another whole month. I'm so confused because I feel like all the bugs that they fixed in the update were not bugs that anybody asked about. They were bugs. I feel like most of the major bugs, like the invisible caustic traps, the the octane jump pad, the bunny hopping, the sound, the audio, all of those, all of those stayed the same. And that was the, that was the weird thing. Like they're fixing glitches, but it's not any of the stuff that literally everybody's talking about. So I don't know if it's even, like they're behind and they're still trying to fix bugs that people reported back when we had like the early access to record our videos. <laughs> right. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it is, but like it's it just also seems like we're very, very behind the curve on what's actually happening in the game right now. 
it's so funny as well because I don't know what line of communication these people have, but you'll see people like this is not a like a call out or diss to anyone, but just as an example, like I'm our Rose Smith, they'll be like, leave comment down your feedback in the description or in in this uh, tweet, and we'll mm -hmm. let them know. Like, what is this weird line of like we're gonna give some creators an all access pass to the devs, yeah. and I myself have never spoken to one. I don't have custom access yet. I stream the game every day. I upload every day. I have do I'm doing as much as these guys so it's like what is this weird relationship where like I'll give them credit they've been making content of the game for such a long time mm -hmm. but it's just a really weird way to approach feedback of like either do it take everyone's feedback fairly and just have like a form or take no one's don't like yeah. filter it out because they might be biased towards some things or like mm -hmm. it's just weird like they're they're doing some things right that give us hope and like we all can agree that the core of the game is like rock solid like lots of potential but they're just so all over the place they're in their consistency is like non-existent right now so mm -hmm. i have i gotta have faith because this is the only game i'm going to be playing over the next few months but like they're there's their actions aren't really speaking too loud like you mm -hmm. said they're fixing glitches but it's like I don't I've never had that glitch like <laughs> there's I get a, I get this glitch <laughs> I didn't every game that existed yeah yeah so. right I, I think like um I think they are listening to the community I did see a post where they are hiring a social media manager so maybe they were just yeah. not prepared to um speak to the community as much and, and then when we really had an outcry of like hey we need to know what's going on they're like mm -hmm. oh crap like we I forgot to you know can you be that naive this, so. though in 2022 when they yeah. have like social media managers like they knew they had 15 million pre-registers on Android alone they're gonna have people who like that i i don't know I, what I'm, I'm not trying to bash the game i love the game i mean um, yeah but it's, but it's that's the thing like even in the soft launch things were that way and so i think like on that side of things i think it might be an ea thing because like yeah. going back to like when you and i played nba live mobile and madden mobile like communication was definitely never their strong suit and so i think part of that is just like a culture thing for ea um i think i think apex pc or apex hd has even had issues with that with uh, yeah I, I feel like i pretty frequently see pro players <laughs> talking about how they weren't communicated with on major events that are happening how things are happening and so i think uh to a certain extent that's probably just something that ea needs to improve on it as a whole and we're just getting a taste of it because this is their first big step into mobile shooters I think like it, it will improve definitely in the coming months. I, I it was really funny to sit back and watch the like this game's gonna be massive, I'm gonna blow up this I'm gonna be the face of the game and then like and then two weeks later in like two weeks. And yeah, and then two weeks later they're like, Oh, this is like this game's dead, like the mm -hmm. overhyped, like I'm going back to my old game, you know, like it yep. people really don't have the attention span to dedicate to mm -hmm. a game like that's why you know ducky if you're gonna stick with it like you're gonna see success right because other people are gonna drop off like i also told myself <laughs> too i was like the people that you know when the dust settles and we see who's still uploading it three four five months in those are going to be the guys that are successful and are you know the faces of the game right it's mm -hmm. like there's a mad dash for a new flashy title and 90 percent of people are going to fall off and quit and like youtube is it, you have to be in it for the long game no one's going to get a million subscribers in the first week of any game launch right it, it yep. does take time my only concern, you said, and I agree, things will get better. Like, I think this is just a relapse of Apex HD of, like, huge launch, some issues, but now the game is thriving. There's so many good games coming out in six to eight True. months. Like, by the time 
this reaches a very playable, enjoyable, content-filled, like, state, there's gonna be Warzone, there's gonna be Valorant, and it's like, I'm even thinking about that myself of, like, okay, those games are probably gonna be, like, you know, hot games to hop on, so I just hope they can get on the ball and, like, this next update is fire and fixes a lot of things so that we have a few months to really get some consistency, but if it takes too long, like, it might be wraps because these new games are coming out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Apex has a lot to learn from New State's launch. Um, new State also had kind of a, a, a rough go at it in the beginning, and they actually just delayed their new map that was supposed to come out yesterday, and I think it's not coming out in maybe July or August, but um, that, like, for New State, it's, it's an interesting situation they're in because, like, this is their last chance, I feel like, to mm -hmm. really bring players back, draw some attention to their game, prove to the, you know, the audience that the game runs well and is fun. And they're kind of using this new map as a, a chance to do that. So hopefully Apex doesn't slip into a position like that where people are kind of burnt out and it's going to take like some massive new piece of content to like bring everybody back. Yeah, not. I think uh, <laughs> I, there's just, and honestly, as mobile gamers, like we don't even have to worry about that as much because we can pretty much at will like pick the game that we want to play. And so we do have the the Warzone mobiles on the horizon, Valorant mobile, Rogue Company mobile. I think right now, I, I can't remember if you retweeted it or not, but obviously the the Rogue Company clip that one of the either big developers or community managers mm. from the company posted got a lot of traction because I would say most people would agree that's one of the more polished looking games, especially oh, yeah. as far as gameplay that we've seen from alphas and betas we had the the rainbow six alpha a lot of people played it's all right i would say not amazing warzone alpha most of us have probably seen leaked gameplay at some point or another once again it looks like warzone but it's definitely a very rough version of warzone uh, and i think when you compare the rogue company clip that they posted yesterday to a lot of the other games that we're seeing in alpha right now I think that's going to be one of the bigger contenders, and especially when you think about how much mobile gamers love TPP. Do you feel like that's a game that could potentially rise up above some of the Apex mobiles and some of the other games, especially if it's optimized properly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I actually played the Rogue Alpha. Um, I, like, randomly got access to it. It was like, I got an email. I was like, Hi Red Studio has invited you to test this game. I was like, okay, cool, what's this? So I, I played it. And even in the Alpha that I played a couple months ago, it looked just like that clip that you were mentioning. Mm -hmm. It is so polished. Um, it, it runs and looks amazing. And I think like you're right to point out TPP for as much as we all love FPP, there is just a massive portion of the mobile gaming audience that loves third person. And even when I would go check out Apex Mobile on Twitch and just kind of, you know, peruse like all the streams and I look at the thumbnails like kind of of just where all the players were in their streams, I was seeing a lot of third person perspective thumbnails on Twitch. Um, I know it's popular in a lot of like non-English speaking communities, like a lot of Spanish streamers were playing a TPP. So for me, Rogue, doesn't it just kind of look like a COD mobile, like multiplayer, but just yeah. like in TPP? Yeah, basically what it yeah. Is. yeah, like that, that would actually be kind of sick. And especially if it, if it implements well, like kind of the over the shoulder cam and stuff mm -hmm. and some of the abilities, it definitely is really fun. And it could be that one dark horse game that, that, you know, comes out of this whole new generation of mobile games that actually rises to the top. Um, the Warzone Mobile Alpha, it does look pretty rough. Um, I think it's intended <laughs> to look rough. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, my opinion is I think they're testing a lot of the mechanical stuff. Like, can you aim and shoot and climb a ladder and, you know, like drive a car? And then, you know, we'll, we'll figure out the textures and stuff later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do think that is going to need some work based on, you know, some of the leaks and stuff that we've seen. But Rogue Company, though, you know, I, mean, I know the we guy like even, to... 
The guy DM'd me today, or I, he, he followed me back because I was like, yo, it's looking pretty good. And he was like, shoot me a DM. I was like, okay, I will. And um, that's like that's something that I love to see is a, not necessarily like a community manager, just like just being genuinely like, oh, you're interested in our game? That's cool. Let's have a chat. Because mm-hmm. I think companies now, they know what creators can bring to the table in terms of viewership. And not even viewership, just the overall sentiment. Like we're, I'm positively talking about the game that hasn't even come out. I've never played it, but just because some guy interacted with me on Twitter, I'm talking goodly about the game. But Apex, we've all played it. I play the game every day, and we're talking down on it just because of the, you know, it. That just goes to show that the way uh, a game can like fester in the community, like the mindset, mm-hmm. like you got to start so early on to get people hooked because people just take whatever sentiment is popular and they just run with it and so um i think developers vastly underestimate the amount of power that they have outside of the game itself like i think there's been so many scenarios where games have set themselves apart just by the way they interact with their community outside the actual game i think like early Fortnite days the way they communicated on like balance changes everything they have and as far as content goes I think that's one of the biggest reasons that Fortnite blew up in the first place. Obviously, it, it was a fun game. Like, they were really good with events. But the way that they communicated, I think, really set them apart from any other game. And I think when they stopped communicating the way that they used to, I think that's when they really lost their touch with the gaming community in general. Yeah, there was a big... Sh- I'll tell you right now, like, that was a big shift. And a lot of, like, the Courages, Tim the Tatmans, a lot of mm-hmm. those community figures that weren't necessarily pro players were good at the game, but just loved it that's when they lost that like bulk of creators and just the only people who stuck around are people who were just dedicated to the game mm-hmm. um and i like i'll tell you i used to wake up at like 4 a.m on uh on the season launches just to read through the patch notes and be like okay this is sick this is sick this is sick and then go back to bed and wake up and play later now you have to wake up watch a bajillion youtube videos to see what's new what's in the game what's the changes some things you don't even know have happened until weeks later uh and so i do appreciate the apex patch notes though like that was really nice seeing that mm-hmm. um but still even kind of vague like i think everyone knows aim assist was buffed they didn't say anything about it yeah um <laughs> some small changes so like you said the way the developer can interact with their community can make or break a game um and so i do I think really apex though. apex had um so they had actually made another change without saying anything about it. It was oh, the sick. public the public matching like ban that you'd get if you left a match early. Yeah. Um, they had taken that away before they made the patch notes. Like a few days prior, that actually had been removed. Mm-hmm. And it, that's just one of those things that, you know, common sense, a, like a quick tweet, 80 characters. It's like, mm-hmm. by the way, it we've would do removed the ban. Yeah. Like, we've heard, we heard you. Like, <laughs> we've yeah. removed the ban on public matchmaking. And, like, that would be celebrated by the entire community. Like, oh, my God, they listened to us, right? <laughs> and and we, we, you know, like a lot of creators can actually take a, just a tweet like that and make a quick YouTube video or, like, a clip. Like, mm-hmm. we can run with that. Give us something to make content off of. And it, it's such a no-brainer, like, I could write that tweet in 18 seconds. You know, it's like an, a billion-dollar company can't figure out 15. how to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> right? It's it's, uh, it's kind of mind-boggling that just such low-hanging fruit opportunities like that, they either don't care or they don't understand that how really valuable a quick piece of communication like that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate, man, I hate to just continue to... Sorry, Apex Mobile, if you're watching this, but they're... It's out of love. It's all out of love because we want this we game to We just want huge. you to be exactly. good. That's all we want. 
Or it's like, like I've seen greatness with Fortnite. I've like, like I said, the patch notes, I would wake up every week and I would say, I would scroll to the bottom to the mobile section. If there was something in there, free content, free video, one or two videos, a stream out of it, maybe depending on the new feature. If it was a really big feature, that's multiple videos about settings and this and that. And it, like you said, it was low hanging fruit, but Apex's Twitter is just like an advertisement for the game. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey guys, you like our game? Go play it. You know, <laughs> that not like, you know, we've heard you guys were listening. This is some mm -hmm. changes you've made. Like it's not personal at all. We're Fortnite and some games could do a really good job of being personal. They just don't have that. Like I, like I said, I don't know anyone there. And I'm one of the yeah. only people uploading daily content. I'm not trying to like flex or brag, but it's just like the first guy who got customs was someone who has like, who just no one knew. And they like all went to him like, hey, could you host these customs for us? And then people were like slowly getting it, but you can't publicly apply for this. You can't, you know, it's just so confusing. Yeah, a little bit of like, there's no rhyme or reason to why certain things happen. And like, yeah. then, then I saw they were starting to reply to a few creators and started like retweeting some stuff. They actually replied to one of my tweets, but like, yeah, I, saw that. It, I feel like that was only until the community was like, hey, can you interact with us? And, yeah. and we kept comparing it to the Rainbow Six Siege social team, which mm -hmm. is killing it, by the way. And oh, I think yeah. you're right in that like, Rainbow Six Siege has a lot of hype where, yeah, the alpha was okay. Like, it wasn't, like, insane. But it's their community involvement that is, like, keeping the, you know, like, Twitter alive and keeping mm -hmm. people engaged. And I know, like, some of the staff members behind the Rainbow Six Siege stuff because they're active and they talk and they, like, interact yeah. with us too. I don't really know a single person that works at Apex Mobile. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, know of their, like, brand accounts. That's it. They've only liked 128 tweets, and most of those were when they, the day the game launched they've liked like 10 tweets since then yeah and yeah. they've like you said they had like a little splurge of like let's go react to people and then just nothing like, yeah i yeah, well i just think there there may not be a person consistency for sure yeah i don't i don't think they actually have a person that's working that account right now because I, <laughs> I did know that that was like a an opening they have so it might just be Dude, someone's I'm about like apply. oh give me the, oh i gotta hop on link, and bro. like keep the account alive until we get a full-time staff so <laughs> yeah. I, I think it'll improve i think they're aware um, yeah, that, I mean, you know, we're, it's not up we're, to speed yet, but yeah, we're all aware. Like, it's this isn't like a game, you know, this isn't gonna make me not play the game. Mm -hmm. But like you said, the Rainbow Six, like, dude, they were they offered me the opportunity to do like a dev, like play with the devs. And I was Same. like, oh, yeah. dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I have to go, like, this is the day after Apex launch. Like, I just can't, mm -hmm. like, I don't have the time. Yep. They're like, no worries. We completely understand. I was like, I appreciate that. Like, that's just. You know, being real, and I haven't I haven't played their game at all, and I still have a, like a direct line of communication with them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's super sick. So I don't know. We could talk about it all day. I feel like we gotta, you know, slide onto something else. Mm -hmm. I got no segue for this. G fuel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like I don't think we've talked a lot about partners with the people we've had on, and I, we might are you know myself and Bobby. We haven't really talked about that a lot but since this was just a big thing in the community yesterday it wasn't necessarily a mobile thing but just a gaming community thing i've worked with g fuel bobby's worked with g fuel you've worked with g for yourself it's just a very interesting situation um and you tweeted i think it was like a week or was a few weeks ago that you left g fuel but you posted yeah. some pictures of what you'd done with them and you had gone to like a movie premiere. They, you were in my mind. You were one of like the top dogs. They sent you everything. You did cool stuff with them. Uh, whereas I was like a lower tier. 
like, hey, you know, you want some, you want some tubs of G Fuel? Here you go. <laughs> um, and so just like, and then hearing your experience before the podcast is like that interest. Like it's just, it's interesting what can happen and what unfolds once something is made public. Yeah, I think like I, I tweeted about this yesterday, just how unfortunate it was that their an entire partnerships team was essentially terminated with absolutely no warning. Um, at that movie premiere, like some of the guys that I sat next to from G Fuel were guys that got fired in that wave of, of layoffs. Dang. So um, it, it is unfortunate. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the call, I, I have a history uh, and like my degree is in human resources. I could not imagine just firing like seven people mm-hmm. at the same time over a Zoom call. Like that just violates so many like moral and ethical standards that I've learned, you know, in the profession. Um, it really speaks to, you know, like the company culture, right? Like you can mm-hmm. make good, good energy drinks, but dang, if you're like, you know, treating your employees like that, I don't know if that's a brand that I would want to work with. Now, I, like you mentioned, my partnership had ended previously. There were some signs and some kind of writing on the wall. There were some, um, you know, big name employees there that had departed. Um, one of them was Kingdom, uh, Anthony. He, mm-hmm. be, he started working as a talent manager or talent director at, at Aftershock Media Group. Scotty, who was like their lead chief, you know, the, the executive community guy, he left and is working at um, ELG, Luminos- I think. Yeah. yeah, Luminosity's like parent company or he's yeah. like head, heading that whole uh, part of the industry. So there were some notable departures. And since then, a lot of the people that I, when I started working with G Fuel, there were a lot of employees there that I knew had a good personal relationship with. And once they left... It kind of just became like, I don't really know anybody there. I just kind of mm-hmm. rep G Fuel. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of churn. A lot of partners were getting dropped. And I think what is happening is that G Fuel has become so successful. They have, you know, aluminum canned like drinks just in thousands of 7-Elevens, Targets, Walmarts. They are quite, quite literally a very national or international like a ready to drink beverage brand just like Red Bull and Monster. And you'll find them like in department stores now that makes me believe that they don't really need a bunch of youtubers like us to be selling tubs with codes and yeah you know getting a couple yeah. hundred dollars or thousands of dollars like worth of sales every month when mm-hmm. they're doing millions like yeah a week in they're you know, paying Walmart for cans. like big yeah. big box retailers shelf space exactly and you know Oh, we can go axe a few creators if we can get into a few more stores without like money instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they just realized, you know, we don't need to be paying these seven partner managers yeah. to manage, you know, dozens That's or cool. hundreds well, of YouTubers. So. I mean, I'll, I don't like. I will. I, don't, I will say it's funny. Uh, I don't. I'll, I'll say whatever. One of the guys who was fired was my partner manager, but it was also funny because a few months before that, it was another partner manager who now works at a different company. Uh, and I think they're doing pretty well and like successful in their own right. And then I was like, I, I've just been like passed along from person to person to person. And then yeah. now this guy was fired and he didn't, I, I, I didn't message him. He didn't message me. So at least right to right now, if I didn't have this other like happenstance contact, I would just be confused. I would not know who to contact if I'm still in G fuel, what's going on. And like, it I yeah it just we we just talked about it so much about like the relationship with the community and it seems like in one blow they just kind of lost the trust of a lot of people even creators like I saw another creator who was like yeah I just submitted my request for dismissal and I did the same thing I was already in the process of leaving 
and now I had to go through another person to talk about leaving. And it's like, it's it used to be G Fuel was my like grail of a partnership. Same. When and I was now, when, it's like, oh yeah. I when I was I wanna... when I was grown up watching like the Phase G Fuel house, when I was I was like, man, that'd be so cool to have a little powder be uh, beverage drink work with me. Uh, and I applied so many times to to be a part of them and it just it was last year a year and a half ago like i just got the partnership and by then i was like uh this is cool mm -hmm. not as cool as it would have been if, like a few years uh prior yeah. and it's just it's crazy how much like i grinded for g fuel dude i can't tell you how many times so i on linkedin i saw um, that, the same scotty guy i like man. part i like sent him a request i was like hey man i want to work with g fuel and i posted under his like he made a comment um, that was like, hey, this was way back in the day when they just started doing cans. He said, hey, like our cans are here. And I remember commenting. And I was like, this is so cool. Would you guys ever partner with small creators that have like 5K subs? Because I literally only had 5K subs. And then I went back to that same post every couple of months. And I was like, what about 10K? <laughs> what about, <laughs> I think I what about 20K? That. Yeah, I was like yeah. very persistent until I got to about 50 or 60K. Anthony had just started working Kingdom. He had just started working at uh, G Fuel. He signed me finally because I put out a tweet that was like, What's it going to take, G Fuel? Because I showed I was like, 5K, 10K, 20K, 30K, 50K, 60K. And then they finally partnered with me. And then I was partnered with them all the way up through like 1.2 million. And, uh, and uh, like I grinded so hard to get them as a brand. And then when I left, they were just like, eh, we don't want to work with you anymore. See ya. Yeah. And I was like, well, wait, can we renegotiate? Or like, can I just be an affiliate? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Bye. Like they, they were just, they were, I'm like, when I saw they cut face clan or face clan left, I'm like, well, mm -hmm. damn, there's no chance for me. Then I'm, <laughs> I'm no face clan, man. Uh, that yeah, almost so. reminds me of, uh, of Ludwig. Like that's how he was when he was switching from uh, Twitch to YouTube mm -hmm. of like, he, he told each uh, streaming platform. He had chose the other just to see what they were going to say. And YouTube was like, oh man, like you sure we can hop on one last call and try to work something out. And then Twitch was like, you know, best of luck, man. Like, you know it's fun working with you yeah they're like bet see ya <laughs> yeah no exactly like yo appreciate the 300k subs in the month you got us um and so that's uh, it's it's crazy to i don't think like, creators or these brands they don't realize like how much we like being treated like human beings like yes we can get paid or a paycheck but another notable story just like ludwig was sakuno who is like one of yeah. the biggest streamers, right? They he, misspelled his name. They misspelled his name in the email. And he was mm -hmm. like, are you freaking kidding me? Like you can't yeah. even like you're treating one of your biggest streamers in the platform history, like, like a random, like little affiliate, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. yep. that like, I don't think they realize how much um, we value just being treated like people, you know? Yeah. Just talk to us, you know? Yeah. I don't exactly. know if you guys saw the the tweet that I put in the, uh, the group. Yeah, chat, I but saw that. There's uh like potentially even more of the G Fuel thing than just the fact that they abruptly let people go, but supposedly like an executive used derogatory remarks in a call and the people that complained to HR after the call are the ones that got fired. So that's not like 100% confirmed, but it's from Jake Lucky, who's a relatively reliable reporter whenever it comes to esports yeah. stuff. So it could very well be that there ends up being like big lawsuits, especially if they're like banning people from their chat. That <laughs> yeah. I heard that too. Yeah, no, you can't even ask. Which, yeah, those were yeah. like G Fuel partners. He was like, "Yo, dude, what's like that? That was my partner who just got, or like my manager just got fired. What do I do? Yeah. Get banned. Get banned, kid." Like here. people with check marks <laughs> in the Twitch chat, like verified yeah. big streamers are getting banned in the G Fuel. I, hey, like 
All I can say is don't fire your whole staff and then go have a community stream that we're yeah. trying to be all, like, all happy. Cancel the community stream. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, like, big brands have to recognize the, the importance of how they're viewed in the community, and it does come down to more than, uh, more more than just numbers so all right i mean we've talked about it a lot a lot of new games coming out you've been a variety man yourself i would consider a variety man um have a lot of experience in different titles which mobile game within re the ones that we know about within the next 12 months or so that are coming out which one are you most excited to play and which would you bank on being i don't want to say quote unquote the biggest but having the best launch of like a few months after launch, it's still thriving. Uh, what would what would those games be in your mind? Yeah, I think from just like a brand strength, like the biggest name is going to be Warzone Mobile. Even if that has like a, even if it has a rough launch, that's just by brute force going to muscle its way into a top contender. I think um, it looks cool, and if they can polish it up and, and really get that good Warzone experience and translate it well to a mobile device, that's going to be so much fun. That is. By far one of my favorite PC games to play, and I suck at PC, but even <laughs> I'll jump on and play Warzone. Um, another game is Rogue Company, like we mentioned, but one that you might not expect um, is T3 Arena. That's a game that actually, for being a relatively unknown title, had a great launch. It's so much fun. Everyone that's played it loves it, and you know it's out on the App Store right now. You can download it on Android. It's like it's only a tap, it's a tap tap game. Yeah, um, huh. but. If, if you're unfamiliar, it's like, imagine if Brawl Stars, like 3v3 style game modes, but like it played like Overwatch. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah, and it's so much fun. Um, like Heroes, 3v3, like Capture the Hard Point or TDM. Um, it, it's it's so much fun. And this is a game that I've worked with closely behind the scenes. And, and I'm also not just picking T3 because I'm going to be sponsored by them, but <laughs> I have been... I have got to check a disclosure on this video. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been like mulling over the idea for many years of if I had a, like another channel that was dedicated to a new game. And finally, I was able to like kind of take the plunge. And I'm doing a partnership with T3 Arena to literally make like a whole new channel where I play T3 Arena a couple times a week and stuff. And I'm really excited about it because even though it is in a sponsored capacity, like the game is so good. I don't think it's going to feel like like sponsored content. Like this is going to mm -hmm. be the type of game that I would have wanted to cover on my own anyway. I don't know if it would have fit well into like my BR content, but I'm excited to like after all these years of, you know, grinding BR games, like I kind of have a new opportunity to cover a new game, which is just going to be fresh and keep me, you know, motivated as a creator. But that's a game that if we look at like what's launched well in the last few months, like that one is one like the best of the best. They they did it so right. It it, it runs so well. Yeah, I, I did a sponsored video for them, and I actually, like, even before I posted the sponsored video, I had people in my comments, like, telling me, hey, Bobby, you should, like, check out T3 Same. Arena. And so Same. I was like, I'm really impressed, because even in the, the comments, like, most of the time when you do a dedicated video for a new game, everybody's like, ah, oh, we hate new games. <laughs> but everybody's like, wow, that actually looks really fun. So that's definitely... Yeah. I don't know if they're going to have the budget to maybe do the numbers that a lot of these bigger Tencent titles are going to do, but I think especially relative to what they're working with right now, it definitely has uh, has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, I think like, you know, not every game needs to be like a Tencent level. You know, we spend mm -hmm. a billion and make 10 billion. You know, it's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a game that just, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, spends a million and takes 10 million. You know, like that's yeah. not that's not a big deal, I think, um, as long as they, you know, are successful. But that yeah that game the the sponsored videos i did for it literally performed just as well if not better than like my normal content like people mm -hmm. loved it and because it's That's new crazy. and there's so much search traffic even though it was a sponsored video 
it started getting like recommended as like people are searching T3 and then it would like show our videos. Like it was actually quite, you know, genius how T3 Mm -hmm. was able to, you know, do a little bit of marketing with not a massive launch, but they got enough word out and they hit just the creators that like would make a difference that like the game has been, it's been a ton of fun. And it's actually one of the few games that I actually enjoy to play more on a phone than, Mm -hmm. uh, than a tablet. Like it runs super well and it's actually geared for phone like quite well. Yeah. I just, I just did the comparison T3. I was just interested in the search volume because I, I had seen both of your videos, but I didn't know it was such like a great game. Um, it's only at a three search volume on YouTube traffic compared to Apex's mobile 28 for the United States. Mm. So just, I mean, but that's crazy that there's so much positive feedback on a game that has 10% of the traffic mm-hmm. when you think about it like that. Like yeah. that, I mean, all it takes is word of mouth. I mean, you told me I'm probably going to go watch your videos after this just to see what it's like if I might be interested in playing it because I have free time. You know, I play games in my free time occasionally. Um, so that, yeah, that might that's be a why, game. That's why I'm excited to like do a new channel because like you said, it might not be as popular right now. So it would be it would be hard to make the jump to making a whole new channel. But then being able to partner with a developer and like have the support to do that kind of frees up the like you know, the ability for me to worry about like, is this going to be successful or not? Because they're going to come in and help me. So all I, all I have to do is focus on having fun and making the best videos possible. So for me, it's almost like being a new creator again, you know, it's like a (laughs) kind of a way to start over and try something new, uh, but also be able to work with the developer, like behind the scenes, like while doing it. Uh, That's honestly what I'm most excited for, even though it, you know, it's already out, but like in the next 12 months to see where that game goes for sure. And then for any other titles I can think of, um, what about Val Mobile, dude? I I'm so bullish on Val Mobile, and no one. I'm not like, a Valorant fan. I really don't like it. If I'm being honest, I don't find <laughs> really? it fun. I don't know why. It's a personal okay. preference, but CS:GO and Valorant, I don't find those. I, enjoyable. I've never played it, but I do enjoy watching it. I was about it's to say, okay to watch. Yeah, Valorant Mobile or Valorant, to my knowledge, is one of the biggest, if not biggest, like spectator ship mm-hmm. for like live stream content i don't know about youtube vod content now i can do a quick here let's do valorant um versus fortnite just to put on a big big scale mm-hmm. um oh well valorant's at a two on youtube this is united states let's go worldwide but that's not good compared to well, worldwide i feel like it's really popular i oh, know yeah, a lot of 12 to compared to fortnite's 42 and that's mm. this is right after a season launch so you yeah you're looking at like a third of the popularity that's on youtube but on twitch though i know they can they regularly pull five to seven hundred thousand viewers mm-hmm. and that's so crazy, i think yeah. i think the valorant mobile will be what apex mobile is trying to be like the competitive mobile shooter of mm-hmm. like, i think optimization it's going to be optimized yeah. pretty well i mean when you have smaller maps like the like a call of duty small size map it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to optimize and run on a lower end device than a massive BR map, right? So they have an advantage there. And I think even from a PC perspective, they're optimized very well for low-end PCs too. Um, I think it's been popular worldwide because it doesn't take a crazy rig to run Valorant on like Mm -hmm. low graphics. So they have that going for them too. Um, So if they can have Everyone I've talked to is just like, dude, we like, sure, whatever. Like, I I mean, it's also so individualized. Like you said, you don't like playing Valorant. I like it, but I'm not a PC shooter, so I'm just not too good at it. Um, but whereas BRs are almost so universal that you can't, it's almost like you just have to hate the BR genre as a whole if mm-hmm. you're going to not like a specific game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm going to play it. I'm going to see the interest because I think it almost has that like mature player base that like 
mm-hmm. would never mind that is that's backwards the mobile player base is younger yeah okay all right I never mind think, balance know, wraps it's, it's ggs <laughs> I, I just feel like both, it's yeah you go ahead no i was gonna say i just feel like it's uh it's just harder for me again, like with Apex, with my content style and like funnier content. I don't really see Valorant as pr- like producing that for mm-hmm. me. It's very sweaty. It's very like I, I never found I never found an interest or why it was entertaining to just like peek around corners and like constantly hold like edges and hallways and wait for mm-hmm. a dude to step out. Like I want to be running and gunning and sliding and like you know kill yeah. streaks and like hi- put up big numbers and not like. Oh, I got one kill that round. Okay, let me wait. Like, <laughs> let me wait two minutes for the next round to start while I buy my gun, and then okay, yeah. now I'm gonna go down here and like. So, hey, it's it, only like thirty seconds, man. It's not that bad. I know, but I, I felt like <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. what is a whole game lasts what like 20, 30 minutes? And you no, they're like, like 40, 40, 50 yeah. minutes, and you only get the, like twenty kills or something. That's the biggest yeah. thing for both Rainbow Six Mobile and Valorant Mobile is going to be figuring out how to cater their game to the attention span of the mobile audience. Because um, yeah. one of my biggest complaints for uh for rainbow six mobile is it was it was like best out of three rounds so i would spend the i would play the game for like a maximum of five minutes and i was probably spending seven or eight minutes just on loading screens getting into lobbies picking characters and all that um and so i think like the toughest thing for games like that that are so intensive on how well you know the game, how well you know angles, how well you can strategize going into individual rounds is finding a way to make that game palatable to the mobile audience that, like you said, just wants to hop in the action. They they want to shoot. They don't want to have to sit around and There's figure out There's not going to be any and... angles held in Valorant. <laughs> right? Mobile gaming, too, I feel like maybe it's a stereotype, but mobile gamers are more likely to be the type of person I think that like if you're, once your team goes down, you quit. So I'm like, Bro. if I'm in a high-level Valorant lobby and it's like, what, 5v5 or 6v6, then all of a sudden, like, two of my teammates quit. I feel like that's going to start happening way more frequently. You know, if you but get an a- AFK, like, in those type of game modes, if you get an AFK, like, your team is done, you know? Even yeah. my Apex ranked games today, just a few hours before, there would be, oh, these kids, they go down. Res me, res me. I don't res them. They back out. Yeah, yep. like, dude, exactly. I'm sorry, you're not good, man. <laughs> nah, that's a good point, though. I, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't played Rainbow Six, but maybe it's just I just think the Valorant community won't like crap on the game that much. But then again, Valorant's a pretty toxic community, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Yeah. That's my one pick that I think is gonna do good, but maybe I should uninvest a little bit in that and invest some of my interest in like Warzone Mobile. Um, I think on the streaming side, Valorant it would do well. I don't think it's going to do much on the video side of things just because, like we talked about, the nature of the game where yeah. you can't... It, if you want to play the game and it not look like you're going up against a bunch of bots, then you have to be tryharding the entire time. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, I think that's going to be the challenge of it. But uh, once again, that's the, that's the challenge a lot of these games face as they do move to the mobile platform is it's a very different audience. They have different uh, things that they want. A lot of them just want to be able to sit down and have fun and not be able to try hard. So uh, I think it, it's going to be fun to watch how each of the different games find different ways to cater, uh, different strengths and ways to optimize and reach different portions of the audience as well with different optimization being big factors for so many of these games. Uh, but that's actually going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. 
we are an hour and a half in, so this is by far <laughs> the longest podcast that we've had so far. But hopefully you guys record. did enjoy. Make sure to check out Winsanity's content. We will be linking that down in the description below. And if you want to check out the content for myself or Ducky, you guys can do that as well. Be sure to let us know down in the comments who you want to see on future episodes of the podcast as well. Uh, would definitely love some recommendations. Noah said he'll be on the 100th episode of the podcast, so uh, we got to get to cranking him out if we're going to We got a gap him. to fill. Yeah, we, we, we just got to start doing two-a-days or something like that. But, uh, any final comments? Uh, no, not for me. Thanks for the uh, candid conversation, gentlemen. I appreciate it, and there's always no... Uh, uh, no topics left unturned with mobile gaming. There's always stuff going on, so I appreciate it, and uh, good luck with the podcast. Definitely two thumbs up for me. Hey, there you go. Love it. Thank you. All right, adios, gamers. Yeah, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.